know, this, this, this is kind of a two-part message, and, and, and my, our, my, our messages, my messages especially, kind of go along like a similar vein. They kind of they go along this vein that says pretty much you've got to know the Word, you've got to live the Word, and then you've got to share the Word. And that's kind of the direction that most of my stuff heads and goes. And, and this week we're going to take just, a, just a, maybe a small break from that and talk about really truly God filling up the jars and the vessels and the things in our life. And then next week we'll spend a little bit of time talking about how we're called into this earth to fill up some of the jars and the folks who are around us. That, that really truly God has, God has put us in this earth to do some things. He's put us in this earth to see some stuff. He's put us in this earth to bless us and take care of us and, and have all of our dreams come true. But really, he's put us in this earth to multiply ourselves. And it's not us who does the work. It's not us who brings the oil. It's God who does that, but we're the one who brings the vessel. And, and, if, and if we're not pouring what we have into the people who are around us and allowing God to make a difference there, then we're missing it in our life. So we're going to share the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus with everyone that we meet, both locally and globally. You're part of that. We're an outreach-type group, and we're, we, are, we are reaching out. Amen. We're reaching out to the community and the people who are around us and around the world. Don't worry. I know we're a little bit late. It's about 10 after. This is not going to be a Pharaoh message. I'm going to keep this thing short. Pharaoh didn't let God's people go. I will let you go. So uh, I heard Jensen Franklin say that the other day. This is very good. It made me laugh. But you are, you know, I don't have to tell you you're a vessel. <laughs> you're, you, you're extraordinary and here's why you're extraordinary because god took you and jesus touched you and now you are something different than you used to be just like jesus with the wine in john in chapter two he took ordinary vessels filled with ordinary water and because he spoke the word and because they were obedient to do what jesus said that became the greatest the first miracle but that became the greatest wine that that man had ever tasted that jesus did something special with just something very ordinary and I think too many times in this world, we see ourselves as just being just ordinary, normal, nothing fancy. You are God's elite. And I told Pastor Pam a week or two ago, and I've said it a few times, I said, you know what, I'm just coming, I'm just coming to the realization that I am the most incredible person in this planet. <laughs> I, 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 not, not haughty, as Pastor Bill always said, right? Not out of, not out of pride, because that's not... I'm just telling you, God, God has made me special. But he's made you special. And the person next to you, and the person next to them, and the person who's not here today, and the person who you know at work, he's made each and every one of us special. And he wants to do something extraordinary with your life. But we have to allow him. He's all about filling us up. In Acts in chapter 1, verse 5, he told the disciples, and he did again in Luke, you know, first in Luke, and now this is kind of the same thing here in Acts in chapter 1. He said, hey, you guys just hang out a little bit. In verse 5, he said, just hang out a little bit. Here in a few days, you're, go you're going to see something special. You're going to be part of something brand new. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, paraphrasing the last part of what Jesus was trying to share and teach his disciples here in just a quick minute. And he said, I I'm going to pour it out to you in your life. And you're going to receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now, he said. And it wasn't just a splash. It wasn't just a touch. It wasn't just a piece. It wasn't just a part. If you go then and you look in chapter 2, verse 4, it's when they were all gathered in one place. All of a sudden, the doors break open and the windows break open and the curtains start flying and the Holy Spirit starts rushing around in the place. It says, as a mighty rushing wind. And it says, the tongues of fire sat on the head of each one who were in the place. And it said, they were all what? Filled. They were all what? Filled. Say filled. 
filled. Filled doesn't mean just a little bit. Filled doesn't mean just up to the knees. Filled means they were poured into and filled with the Holy Spirit. He's about filling us up. How many of you have come to him thirsty and, and he absolutely fills you up with whatever it is that you were thirsty? You've come to him hungry and he absolutely fills you up. Have you ever gone to a meeting or you've gone someplace and you've set aside some time? Not just maybe a Sunday morning or a Wednesday, although those are fantastic, but maybe you set aside three, four days. Went to go see, you know, the, the, the Kenneth Copeland things, you know. Maybe you went and, went and saw Joyce Meyer or whatever, whatever it might be. Maybe you took, you know, a week and just, you know, you woke up every morning early and because God said get in front of the TV and watch whoever it is, you know. Maybe it's Fred Price or who, you know. You're watching all these people on TV and you're just being filled and filled and filled. And then how many of you know, like when you walk away from that, it's like, man, I, I'm, I'm so full. I don't even know what, what's, what I don't even know what I got sometimes i come back and i we go to victory every every august and go to word explosion and i i sit and i listen to all these folks share things and what god's telling them what's on their heart and i come home people say what what did you get how was it you know everybody has all these oh how good was it? you know this is awesome what i'm like just leave me alone for a couple days because i'm I, i'm so i'm like oversaturated with 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 stuff there's so much I've got to take a few days to kind of regurgitate it. Have you ever eaten so much? I know you haven't, but I have. I've shared it before. You've eaten so much that you can't possibly even hardly do any. We go to the trails, and Shane and I, you know, at Christmas time, we have a staff dinner there, and we make it our business, sorry, Mike, but to try to eat every piece of meat that's cooked. Because they cook really well, and they do a great job for us. And Shane, they, when we were a little younger then, this was a while back, can't do this now. But back in the day when I was younger and I was flexible in my stomach, I, Shane and I made it like we were like it was our personal mission was to eat everything that was there. And, and at one point, finally, I, could, I, I physically couldn't eat anymore. I couldn't even sit down. I had to stand up, and I, I secretly unbuttoned my pants and kind of held over the chair like this. And everybody just thought I was talking to him. I wasn't. I was trying to exist and not die. I was so full. I was full. See, that's what God does. He fills you up. We said last week in Matthew chapter 5, if you hunger and thirst for the right things, hunger and thirst for righteousness, it goes on and it says, you will be what? Filled. Not partially sated, not just a little bit here, a little bit there, not just a nibble on this side or nibble. It says you will be filled. It's important to know that. In Ephesians 3.19, right before it says in verse 20 that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever hope, think, or ask, it says that we will know the love of God and that we will be filled with the fullness of God. See, in your life, what are you lacking? What are you missing? We all, we all have places, areas, things. Whether it's wisdom in your life, it says he'll fill you with wisdom. Whether it's healing in your life, we're going to pray at the end of the service. We have people who need, he'll fill you with his healing power in your life. He'll change you. He'll change you. His power changes who you are. Have you had a disaster occur or something go down? If you look in 2 Kings chapter 4, I believe today that God is, God is for you and he wants to fill you with his word, with his power, with his love. I mean fill you. Sometimes we feel lost and insignificant. But God isn't a, a God of confusion. See, he's come, he's come really truly to, to pour out the truth into your life so that you know your purpose, you know his plan, you know your direction. Not for 10 years, maybe, but definitely for tomorrow, for today where we are. In 2 Kings 4, you can look there, and it starts in verse 1, and it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah and said, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slave. 
A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. Oh, sorry, in my, for some reason my Bible thing puts in things in here twice. Verse 2 says, So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors. Empty those vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and then you will pour into all those vessels and set aside the ones that are full. So she went from him and shut the door, and behind her, she and her sons filled those vessels. They poured out the oil that they had into the vessels. And then it goes on in verse 6 and says, Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said, There aren't any more vessels. And then it says the oil dried up. And then she came out and she told the man of God, she said, there aren't any more. We're done. It's full. It's finished. And he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons, he said, live on the rest. You know, in your life, you may have faced something devastating, but this lady faced the loss of her husband and nobody has come and taken your kids yet. That was always my, that was always one of my big panics when we were really deep in debt was like somebody was going to come and they, well, they couldn't take them. That's what, you know, there was comfort in that. Really, they could take everything that we have and they could, but we would all still be together. That was important. And this young lady was in a place where she was devastated, yet she chose in her life to trust God. She didn't go off and try to make her way. She didn't go off and try to get a third, fourth, fifth job. And I'm not saying you don't need to get a second job. I, I don't know what God's speaking to you. But I do know this. You better go to him first and find out what he is speaking to you. And she, in that moment, came to the man of God who was the prophet. And she said, listen, here's the deal. My husband served God. He served you. He trusted God. He trusted you. He's dead. We're in debt. They're about to take my kids. What can I do? Where do you turn in your life in times of trouble? Where do you turn in, in, in places and in times where you need, you need truth, you need wisdom, you need, you need understanding? Because where you turn to shows who you trust. Do we turn to God or do we begin to figure it out ourselves? Do you trust in man? You say, well, I don't ask anybody else. I, okay, well, you don't have to ask anybody else. But, but do you sit down and ask yourself? Do you sit down and try to figure it out first, you? Or do you go to God and say, I want to trust you? It doesn't say here that she sat down and tried to figure it all out. It says she went to God. In Mark chapter 10, it's a story about the, young, the rich young ruler. And, and, and after that story was over, Jesus was beginning to, to tell the disciples, here's the deal. You can't trust in riches. You can't trust in cash. You can't trust in money. He said, how hard is it for, for a person who has great wealth and who has great things to enter the kingdom of God. At the end of this thing, he says, with man, that's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Basically, what he began to describe to them and began to share with them is, you cannot trust God and cash. You have to trust one or the other. That you can't turn to your riches in your household, you turn to the riches that your father has gathered up in his household. That if you turn to your riches, they'll eventually filter out. You'll eventually be lost. You'll eventually be distraught. You'll eventually have nothing. You'll eventually be destroyed. How many of you know people who have great wealth and who have great stuff, lots of things, but they're not very happy and they're not very satisfied? Because the true riches and the things that we seek need to be the things that the Father has for us. Not that he won't bless us and take care of us because I believe that he will. But you have to trust in God. In the midst of your situation, in the midst of your problem, this lady, she was sitting there. Her kids were about to be taken from her. She had to trust in God. No different than you and no different than I. 
It wasn't like she had a second option. Her only option that was going to succeed for her was to turn to God. Now, watch what happens in this story, because when she does turn to him, all these things begin to be said, and and none of them really truly make, I mean, they're, they're a little bit odd. Many times I think we want, we want a handout from God and we don't want help. See, we come to God and we say, you know what would be better? If you just pour out a bunch of cash on me. But God always asks us to do something. See, I'm just, I'm just looking for a way out of my mess. I'm not looking necessarily to change me. See, I'm not desperate enough to make, it, to make a change in my life. I, I, I just kind of go along, you know, as long as, as long as you could help me out, God, could you give me a little bit of a handout? See, in this church, we do this all the time. We take care of folks during the week. Well, you know, people come in here for help financially in their life, bills and different things and situations. But it's not just a handout, it's help. Let me talk to you about what God's word says about your finances, what God's word says about your family, what God's word says about you and your life, that he has a plan for you and a purpose. Let me explain to you about a budget and we sit down and go through all of these things with folks. Not just a handout, here's some cash to kind of get you through, but you know what? God wants to help you and he wants to change your situations and he wants to fix things in your life, but you have to turn yourself over to him and say, okay, God, I need some help. And she comes to the guy and she says that. See, she didn't run away. It's really important that you don't run away from the things that you face, but, but you go after the things that God has for you. You face them together. You don't run away from the things that are coming against you. Don't hide your head in the corner, but you trust God, and you follow after what he has. Daniel, sorry, David, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, said he had to face Goliath. Everybody else, what happened that was different in that story? Everybody else was freaked out and they were all scared of him and nobody wanted to go out and do what? Face him. Nobody wanted to fight the guy. They all wanted to hang back. They all wished it was today when they could send a smart bomb and they could all hang around the corner somewhere and just put a laser on his head and the bomb would kill him. And nobody would have to go in there and fight. He said, I'll go out. See, he said that. He said, I'll go out there and fight him. I'll go do it. See, she decided in this, in this mess that she was in that she needed to do something. She could have hid. She could have taken her kids. She could have fled to the hills. There are a lot of things maybe that she could have done, but she decided, you know what? In the place that we are, we're going to trust God. We're going to face our problem, and God's going to make a difference. We said last week, I think it was, that there are unchangeable, seemingly unchangeable situations that you find yourself, but those unchangeable situations will eventually meet your unchanging God. And something has to give, and it's not going to be God. 2 Corinthians 4, right? The things that you see are temporary. They're subject to change. Too many times we worry about the things that we don't have, what others have, what we used to have. Get your eyes off all that stuff. He said David ran toward the enemy. He didn't run away. Sitting in your house and worrying about what you used to have isn't going to get you anything different. Complaining about what other people have and shouldn't have, and you should have that because of this, because of that, that's just being a critical person, and that's not going to get you anywhere, and that's not trusting God. Focus on the things that God is speaking to you to do. If you go back and look at that passage, it says in verse 2, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for for you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in my house except a small jar of oil. And then he told her, take that small jar of oil, okay, 
Go out and gather all the vessels that you can find. He said, don't get just a few, get all of them. And I'm sure she's saying, hold on, let me go back and tell you what I have. I got this small thing of oil. And he said, no, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying. Go out and gather as many vessels as you can possibly find. Bring them all into the house. See, he's asking her to do something that doesn't make sense to her mind because she just told him, all I got is this little jar of oil sitting in the cabinet, you know. I think it's expired. It's that old. And he said, bring all of the vessels in here. She had to change her perspective. She had to change the thing. She, has, she was in a place in her life where she trusted God, and so she came to him and asked him. She was facing her problems, and so she decided, you know what? I need to change the way I look at this situation. If he says go get vessels, then boys, get the wagons and go get vessels. He told, she told her children what to do. It didn't say they argued with her. It didn't say, but mama, we don't have none. It didn't say, mama, all we got is oil. She said, boys, get your stuff and go out there and get me some vessels. Get me as many vessels as you can find. Borrow them from the neighbors. Grab them. Pull them in. Get them in the house. When God says do something, it might not make sense to your mind, but that does not matter. God says go. Tiff and Israel look around and think, well, I don't know how this is going to work. But he sat in my office and said, you know what? And even I said, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> and he <laughs> you know, it's very bad when the pastor turns and says, I got, man, I, I, oh, boy, you, you better know this is God. But, I <laughs> but he said, I just know this is what God is asking us and telling us to do. And we are going to do it regardless of what it looks like and regardless of what it, it seems like in the natural. I know this is what God has, and I know this is the time and so off they go that's important you have to know what god says and then you have to be obedient in exodus in chapter three it's a story as they were getting ready to bring moses was bringing the people out of egypt and it was getting ready to be the moment that pharaoh was going to let them go and god spoke to him and said this he said tell the women to go door to door and ask all of their neighbors for their stuff See, he said, he said, tell them to go door to door and get all their neighbor's goods. Now, I'm sure for many of them, it might have seemed like a pretty tough situation. Oh, I don't know if I could ask my neighbor. I mean, what would I? God said, go door to door and get the stuff that your neighbors have. And as they went door to door and asked, the neighbors gave them their goods. Now, how many of you know, I mean, does that make sense? We had a guy knock on our door yesterday morning at nine o'clock. We didn't even move. You know, it's a different world today than it was then. Maybe it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We're like, I'm not getting the door. Are you getting the door? Nope, I'm not getting the door. Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's going to ask for our stuff. <laughs> I like my stuff. Now, look, see, and it says that they gave them all of their goods. And then it says, so that when they went out into the wilderness, he told them, you will have things to put on your children. If you go back and read those two verses, that's what it says at the end of like 22, somewhere in there. It says, you'll have the things to put on your children. He was providing for their kids before they ever left town. But they had to do something that I'm sure didn't make sense to them in their right mind in that moment. What in the middle of the night? You want to go knock on the door and get all the stuff from all these people? What are we going to do? How would you like to be the person who didn't do that and all the kids are walking around in the latest fashions and yours are all buck naked? <laughs> Running around because they don't have anything because you didn't go ask. 
See, it actually says that when they got to the last jar, the oil dried up. The oil would have continued going. There's nothing that says that it wouldn't if there were more jars. See, if there were more jars, the oil would have flowed, would have kept flowing, would have kept flowing. But when the jars weren't there, the oil stopped flowing. Sometimes we come before God and we're really hungry. We're really thirsty and we say, God, pour it all out. I'm really desperate. I really need you in my life today. I need everything that you have. And he pours it out and you say, all right. And then we go out wherever it is and we eat on that and we drink on that until there's not anything left. And we never go back. We've taken our vessel away. But I'll tell you this. Don't be afraid that if you give away what you have, you're going to go without. Because if you give away what you have but still remain a vessel, if you still remain a vessel for the Lord, he'll continue to fill you up. And you will not run dry because the oil will continue to pour in your life. He has hooked you up to a source that never runs out. Don't turn off the spigot. Continue to keep yours open and allow him to pour in you and through you, and it'll change your life. It'll absolutely change your life. God isn't intimidated by your lack. He's not intimidated. Sometimes we think, you know what, I am, I am so far in the hole. I am so far behind the eight ball. What, what could God possibly? God's not intimidated by your lack. Don't be intimidated by his request. See, she came to God in great need, in great debt. But the thing that really truly, if you read to the end of the story, the thing that God did in her life, the oil being poured out in her life, didn't just take care of her that day. It said it paid all of her debt, which was past. And he said, go out and live on the rest, which was her present and future. He took care of all three in one fell swoop. It went all the way across the spectrum for her. Don't, don't get all upset in your lack, whether it's wisdom or anything else. Don't get all upset in the fact that you have got yourself in this mess. Then who, who would I be to go to God and let him? Let God get you out. That's what Jesus died for. He died to bring us out into a new place. And he told the lady, listen, go out and gather all the vessels, all the vessels you can find, not just one, but get as many as you can find because I'm about to fill them all. And too many times we think that we're the exception to the rule. You're not. He just wants to do something exceptional with your exception. So we say, well, but this, don't we? You ever try to tell somebody what God's word says, what God could do, what God might do, what could happen in their life, and they tell you, but this, but that, but everything else, keep your butt to yourself. I don't want it, don't need it, it smells, just keep it out of here. Right? Everybody's got that. Jensen Franklin calls it, and it is a, it is a real thing, ants. Automatic negative thinking syndrome. It's some kind of real psychological thing. If you look it up online, like people write books about it. And the, the, books, the books that they write and the things that they talk about that deal with that particular thing are, are, are things that really in your life take you to a place. They talk about how important the things that you think, how you, how you perceptualize what's going on in your life. What is your perception of your situation? Because if you see it negatively in your life, it's going to end up negatively. But if you begin to see it positively, if you begin to change your mind about your circumstances, change your mind about your situations, trust that God will fill you up, 
It changes who you are and it changes what you see. It's just truth. It's, it's not just the word. It's truth. There are like books that are written on it. Go home, look it up. We don't want to be those people. We don't want to be in that place. And you look around and you think, you know what? What's going on? We've gone to three services. Well, you know what we've done? We've brought some vessels. You look around and you think, well, there are not very many people here. Well, there's room because God's the one who fills the house. And God's the one who fills the vessels. And so if we don't have any vessels to fill, what are we going to do? See, if there's not any room for God to pour in his oil, what are we going to do? So we expand, it said, right? Expand our tents. Expand our stakes. Get our vision bigger than where we are today. Why? Because God's going to do something. So what I see is Israel leaving. <laughs> we expand to go to three services and Israel and Tiff leave. Great. More people are leaving than are coming. Praise God. It's good stuff. Seed. Your seed. <laughs> your seed. But listen, God will do something. People say, well, we don't have any workers. Well, I'm telling you what, we've got membership class. If you're not a membership, if you're not a member of this, get in, get in membership class, come on Monday night. If you're not volunteering somewhere in the nursery, you're not volunteering in children's church, you're not volunteering as usher and greeter, get involved. Do something. Well, that's exceptional. My, my usher guy says, come on. That's ex- but see, that's, out, that's outside the ordinary. We're, we're just talking about God just asked this lady to go get vessels. She didn't want to go get vessels. That probably wasn't on her list of things to do that day. But if she wouldn't have gotten any vessels, what do you think would have happened to that little thing of oil? Would have run out. And there she would have sat with nothing. Sometimes the answer to your question or your an- your, the answer that God gives you in your situation is something that you don't really care to do. But I will tell you this, in your obedience, God will do something. You don't know what God will do with your obedience. Get involved doing something somewhere. That's next week, really, as we begin to talk about filling cups, but that's a little prelude to what's going to go down. Come to church next week. It's good. Don't run away. (laughs) Don't run away. The oil's God's part. But I'm telling you what, if you don't bring your vessels, if you don't sit in obedience, what are you going to do? See, we, we, we can't in our own, we can't in our, in our own imagination, we can't in our, in our own wisdom, we can't in our own strength, we can't figure it out, we can't make it work, it doesn't make any sense, why would I get vessels, all I have is this little jar of oil. I've tried everything, we do this all the time, I've tried everything that I know to do, but my cup's still empty, my house is still dry. I still don't have the wisdom that I need. I still don't have the direction that I need. I still don't have the healing in my life. I'm still walking in pain and misery, and I still haven't got rid of the hurt. I still It's all of that stuff. We'll talk a little bit about filling cups and filling jars and things from our perspective next week. But it's like that story that Pastor Bill always told about the shake machine. There is junk on the inside of you that if you will come to God and just open the lid and let him pour into you, he will pour in the good, and the good will push out the bad. We want, we, want, we, want, we want something else. We want some plan. We want some, hey, I'm telling you, 12 steps, 4 steps, 6 steps, whatever. But how many of you know, God's plan works. He pours it in you, and you change. You came to God, and you came without anything. You came without reservation. You came, and you brought your nasty old self to him, and we gave ourselves to him at some altar somewhere, and when we gave ourselves to him, he just did something. And you know what? You are a work in progress. You didn't get to where you are today overnight. He's taken years to work on you. 
We see this story and we expect this lady's life to be changed like in a moment, in an instant. And God can do that. But I'm telling you what, he continues to complete the change in your life day by day. And you didn't get to where you were, good or bad. You didn't get to where you were overnight. Give God an opportunity. Bring yourself before him and open yourself up. Because if you will bring yourself a vessel like we talked about in the beginning, if you'll bring yourself to God and just open yourself up, he will pour in the good and out will go the bad. Your countenance will change. Your thoughts will change. Your language will change. The things you do will change. Everything about you will change. You will become that person that you always wanted to be. You'll probably become that person that you used to be. Because sometimes God did something in our life, especially with this group as we've all been here many times together. And we have gone down the path of life. And the enemy has done something here, something there. Something didn't go the way we thought it would there. And we ended up in the different place than we thought we would be. And, and how easy is it to kind of get hazed over, to get a little bit discouraged in the place where we sit? I'll tell you today, God's got something for you. And he wants to pour it in you. Just stand up today. We're just going to lift up our hands and allow him to pour into our life this morning. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.